Engaging and developing young leaders is one of the smartest things you can do. And the good news is young leaders are eager to learn and grow. But how they do that differs depending on who they are, what they care about, and how they like to learn. I'll offer ideas to help you help them. Stay tuned. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this episode. I hope you had a chance to listen to my previous episode called How to Identify Young Leaders in the Workplace. If you didn't, you might listen to that one first, since this episode builds on some of the ideas that I talked about in the previous episode. I love the topic of identifying and developing young leaders because that's ultimately what your role as a leader is all about. As you move up through the ranks, your role is to focus more on the who as opposed to the how. It's getting the right talent in place that's everything. So assuming that you've identified young leaders or those with potential to lead in the future, I'll share some ideas to help you engage and develop young leaders. I've got a lot to cover. (laughs) And what I really like is that some of these engagement or development ideas also provide opportunities for leaders to make a contribution or solve problems in your business. It gives them the chance to make an immediate impact. And that's so important. Too often people think about development as a separate activity from normal work. They say, well, I don't have time for that. Or they think they have to attend a workshop or a training, something that takes them away from the day-to-day work. But I like integrating development with work, talking about real-time issues and making learning and development just part of the culture, not something that's separate. And I would argue that it's something that you can't afford not to do for young people, especially if you want to retain them. So I'll highlight a few ideas. Hopefully some of them will resonate or will be applicable in your world. And you might use a combination of them. So, um, and as usual, I'll include questions for you to think about uh, related to each of the ideas. If you followed me for a while, you know that I love to ask questions. Number one, the first idea for engaging and developing your people is to have curious conversations. You might consider these to be informal interviews. They're conversations that you have with young people in the workplace to get a a sense of what they really care about. It's like a generational snapshot to understand how they're motivated. For example, Gen Z, people in their 20s, their early 20s, often want to bring their authentic selves to work. That's cited as one of the most important needs that young people have. So get to know people for who they are, what they like, and what they care about. One project that I worked on for an organization a number of years ago, we, we called these aspiration interviews, where leaders would interview younger leaders to find out what their goals were, to talk about their career or their personal aspirations to the extent that they could. You know, this this was many years ago, and it was pretty cutting edge at the time when this organization was not really accustomed to focusing on the human side of employees. They were just trying to figure out how they could get more work done. (laughs) And keep in mind, many young people don't really know what their aspirations are. They haven't had enough experience. So that's why you can see at least what they're curious about 
What do they want to learn? What do they think would be interesting? This builds engagement and it helps you do more targeted development activities. So that's why I like to refer to these as curious conversations. You become curious about what they're curious about. So the question is, who do you need to have curious conversations with? Or who do you need to get to know better? Number two, training. Now, training is a huge topic and there are pros and cons depending on the different types of trainings that you might consider for your people. There's obviously workshop training that most people are familiar with where you might get away for half a day or a full day or a couple of days. Classroom training, which is, uh, I think, becoming uh, less popular compared to what it used to be years ago. You can have in-person training, virtual training, online learning, which I'm super excited about. Training can be done one-on-one, or it can be done in a group setting, or it can be self-guided. And there are pros and cons to each of those different ones. And I'm, I won't spend the time to go through that uh, in detail today. But you know, one of the pros of, of training is that you can target certain skill areas or knowledge areas that people need to, to be developing. And it works well, especially if you give them the opportunity to practice those skills. One of the downsides or a con can be that it's time consuming. Another downside might be the approach that's being offered to the training. Sometimes it might be an old school approach where it's more teaching, kind of regurgitating practices in a book where there's not a lot of opportunity to really put into practice actionable ideas. Most traditional training is forgotten about within a few days after the event. So whatever you do, make sure you're reinforcing the learning somehow. You might provide opportunities for leaders to share what they've learned or you know what's changed for them as a result. And I think it's important to consider not just leadership skills training, but leadership mindset training. And that's trickier to teach. Like I said, I'm so excited about online learning and how that can be applied to leadership development. It's something that I'm working on. So I'll share more about what what I'm developing at the right time. So the question is, what kind of formal or informal training would be most appropriate for your high potential leaders? They're not all the same. Number three, coaching and mentoring. And I'm kind of grouping these together, but I'd like to try to make a distinction between coaching and mentoring. As many people see it, coaching is typically known as a process to help people raise awareness. It's less directive. Uh, There's a lot of uh, asking questions, trying to help the person who's being coached gain the insight that they need about themselves or other people or the situation that they're in. Some would argue that mentoring is more directive or instructive And, you know, another distinction that you can make is that when you're coaching someone, you don't necessarily have to be in their field. Uh, That's a lot of the coaching that I do. I'm not an expert in the field in which my clients are, are, are operating. But with mentoring, that assumes that you've been in the same role. It's almost like you're helping someone follow in your footsteps. So that's another distinction that some people make. The key is that both with coaching and mentoring, it's an ongoing experience compared to the the training that I just talked about earlier, which is often kind of one and done. So having that ongoing experience helps reinforce learning and helps get better results. One-on-one types of coaching and mentoring uh, allows a person to have a very customized experience. What's so important is the quality and the experience of the coach the chemistry and the relationship. Uh, You need to agree on the degree of confidentiality that you'll have if you're doing one-on-one coaching within an organization. Sometimes organizations have a group of coaches, a kind of a cadre that's assigned to the organization so that employees have choice about who they'd like to work with. 
And keep in mind, highly motivated leaders may seek out coaching on their own if you don't offer internal coaching. Um, That's what I did when I was trying to figure out some of my next steps. Uh, I sought an external coach when I lived in Atlanta and ultimately helped put me on a different path. Group coaching is another alternative to one-on-one coaching, and that allows people to learn from each other. There, it's important to have the right composition in that group and people that you trust. Sometimes it's known as a mastermind group. Some people ask me, you know, can these be self-organized, which they can, but I typically don't recommend that because it just helps to have a skilled coach or facilitator to guide the conversation. Sometimes people don't know what to do with themselves with their left um, to have, you know, kind of self-guided conversations. Potential leaders come together on a regular basis to talk about issues, solve problems, share ideas and challenges. If you're part of a large organization, it's great to engage people from different areas of the business to kind of cross-pollinate ideas and relationships. Keep in mind, young people crave connection. So this kind of approach to uh, learning and development is a great option to consider. One of the downsides is that it can be a little bit challenging to coordinate schedules when you're working with a group. And some people may be more hesitant to, you know, be forthcoming or candid in an internal group, depending on any sensitivities or politics. So as an alternative, you might explore having people be part of a coaching group that represents people in different organizations or even different industries. You may wonder, well, where do you find those? Just ask me. Those are some of the kinds of groups that I love creating and have done over the years. Sometimes companies want to implement some kind of formal mentoring program. Uh, It's kind of a top-down mentoring program, which is not uncommon. And there are also organizations who've tried reverse mentoring, where you have younger people who are helping those who've been in the organization for a while learn some things. So it sounds logical to jump to the conclusion that we need to have a mentoring program, but there, there are a lot of things to consider before you jump into that too fast. You know, especially if, you know, if you assign mentors who don't really want to mentor or they don't know how to mentor or they can't keep a commitment. So that can actually create um, a negative experience, which is what you don't want. So the question to think about what kind of coaching or mentoring experience might work for your leaders. Number four. Attending industry conferences or professional association meetings, that's a great way for young people to gain exposure to other leaders in their field. And here the key is not just to, you know, to show up and say that you attended an event, but to come back with actionable ideas and insights. Uh, You might have the leader who attended a conference that could come back and share highlights and any applicable ideas that could help the team or the department or the business or the organization. They can do a presentation or highlight, you know, the key events, which is a great way for them to practice presentation skills and summarizing what's happened, which is a great leadership skill. So the question is, what upcoming conferences or professional association meetings need to be on the radar? Number five, experiential learning. I really like this one too. It allows you, as I talked about on the last episode, it allows you to post a project or request help on an initiative that you're working on. Um, you know, it could be something as simple as we're trying to recruit more talent, uh, would love for you to help us, you know, involving young leaders in that process can really help them step up to the plate. So there, there are lots of specific projects that you might create, start with the need in your organization and determine 
what you might do to try to engage young people, young leaders in that experience. It's a win-win because it engages your people and it helps you achieve results to help your business or organization. So the question is, what kind of invitation might you create to see who wants to get involved? Your leaders will step up. Number six, assessments. Of course, I love assessments. And when used well, I always use that caveat. (laughs) They can help leaders create great insight about themselves and other people that they work with. It's amazing to spend only about 30 minutes to take an assessment and to get rich data and information about a person that you would not be able to get otherwise. You know, development starts with self-awareness. So assessments help speed that learning curve. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, young people love them. They like learning about themselves and determining not only what they want to do better, but how they can leverage their natural strengths. And of course, we offer variations of assessments that look at everything from communication style to what motivates a leader, leadership skills. Uh, There are assessments that look at how to engage people stress. There's one that measures stress in the workplace, how stressed a person is. Some people think they don't need an assessment to tell them that they're stressed, but this this gets into some of the nuances of that. There's an assessment that helps measure emotional intelligence, just as a few examples. So just let me know if you're interested in exploring some of those tools for your people in your organization. And one other quick point to mention about the value of assessments is that for those of you that are wondering, how do we track leadership development? How do we see if someone's progressing in a certain skill area? Assessments help you do that, given the data that's captured. So that's that's another value that assessments bring is the ability to actually see progression of skill development over time. So quick recap ways to engage and or develop your leaders. One, have curious conversations or informal interviews to get to know them better. Two, make sure that your training is very targeted, whether it's in person, online, individual, or group. Number three, you might consider integrating coaching and or mentoring of some kind. I really like the combination of doing training and coaching together. Um, Number four, look at conferences or professional associations that they might attend. Number five, create an experiential learning opportunity by posting a project or starting some kind of initiative that they can help with. And number six, assessment tools. Look at what assessments might help you um, to engage them so that they can have a very targeted approach to their learning and development. Whatever you choose, educate early, create opportunities for leadership development early in their career. And keep in mind that people learn differently. Some like to read, some like to attend workshops, some like to watch videos. I encourage experiential learning. Of course, if you have young leaders who like to learn by listening to podcasts, share this podcast so they can learn on the go too. I think the price is right. And as I've said before, those people who express a desire to learn and engage in the kinds of activities that I mentioned, they will be your best leaders in the future. So I hope this episode has given you a few ideas to start with. Thanks for listening and for your support of this podcast, which is now recognized as one of the top 5% of all podcasts globally. So please continue to share the podcast with your friends and suggest other topics that you'd like me to cover. This was a topic that was by request. So I really appreciate it and look forward to sharing more down the road. So until next time, have a great rest of the week doing the work that matters to you. 
Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.